At the weekend just gone, I got to play with this mad new fat cave toy. And of course, here we are, Tuesday. I want one. It's a living hell. And I want to tell you about it too, but if I do, you're going to want one too. And there is some risk. Like, you could hypothetically procure one of these, let's call it, items, and park it up the back of your fat cave and do all of that without getting divorced. But... Dude, it's going to be close. So this is a little bit like the paradox of somebody saying, don't think of the pink elephant. If you don't want Relationship Dresden, February 14, 1945, best click away now, dude. I'm John Dogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars. Australia only website card. Get this email the other day, okay? And it intrigues me because it requests my presence somewhere. And it's not a writ. People don't normally do that. Anyway, it's at a top secret, undisclosed location. Invitation only. My interest is peaked. I don't think I'm giving the game away by telling you it's in Rivo. Now, if you're not from around here, or you're in eastern suburbs, wank up, then if you grew up in, I don't know, Cornwall or Bordeaux or Tuscany or Paris or Rome or London, upstate New York, something like that, then you've really missed out, dude, because nothing in your life experience really encapsulates the unique cultural bandwidth of Rivo. Men are men in Rivo. There's no ambiguity. Half the chicks you meet are also probably men. I don't know. I can't tell these days. There's a bit of ambiguity there. But anyway, there's nothing wrong with that. Two kinds of footwear. Fongs. The shoes du jour, obviously. But later on in the year, it's Uggs, bro. And flannies, right? Sleeves off, sleeves on, heralding the change of season one way or the other. The circle of life. Hakuna Matata kind of thing. Anyway, I'm there. I've got my best Rivo clothing on. I'm dropping me G's fitting right in, mate. Yeah, how you going? Kind of thing. And the invitation comes from a dude who's a fan of the channel. His name's Rowan Steele. He runs this niche business called Hero Hoists. And no, not sponsored. No money is changing hands. I just got super impressed by this one product and I want to talk to you about it because hoists are a fantasy thing, right? Everyone wants one and if you've only got 2.1 metre ceiling in your garage, then you probably can't have one. But, you know, there are dudes who could have a hoist. But anyway, talk about Hero Hoists for a minute. They're a niche business. They do two posters and four posters and truck hoists and caravan hoists and scissor lifts and ATV hoists and motorcycle, this and that, whatever. Like, if you need a lift and you're sick of sticking a jack up your ass, just herohoists.com.au, hashtag not sponsored. So anyway, I see this busted ass Nissan Micra go up on this single post lift and I go, right? Because single post, okay? It's cantilevered. It's like a pallet truck. You can just wheel it around. And I look at the safe working load capacity on this thing. It says two and a half tons. And I thought, what if a dude who really doesn't fit in in this location 
got his Triton that he paid for with his own money and stuck it 1.8 metres up in the air and rocked it backwards and forwards and tried to kind of throw it off. And what would be the worst that could happen? Value would be zero and one of us would be crushed. But aside from that, it's worth doing. It's worth doing, it's worth dulux, right? I thought, yeah, let's dulux the shit out of this. I'm just suggesting that this is a pretty fun toy. And dude, if you've got five and a bit, thousand bucks just, you know, lying around in the in the fund for the uh, the grandchildren or something, the inheritance fund, then blow it. Blow it now, is what I'm suggesting. This thing has two and a half ton lift capacity. It's essentially a pallet truck that you jack up, just like a pallet truck, and it's got a hoist attached. It weighs 700 kilos, amazingly enough, but it wheels around just fine on a flat concrete surface. It's great. Now, I'm not sure whether it's a good idea to use a device like this if you've got a real modern project home or with that waffle pad or waffle pod, whatever they call it, construction. Anyway, what I'm talking about is if the garage is built on those polystyrene blocks that are essentially just lightly coated in concrete, this could be a very bad idea. But if you've got a proper concrete slab, this thing is fine, right? It's got to be reasonably level, obviously, because we're lifting heavy stuff up into the air. But you wheel it around fairly effortlessly. In fact, it's so effortless that you're not aware of its mass at times, and it would be easy to wheel it into the side of your vehicle, even though you're kind of pulling it back and trying to stop it. So when you get close, you'd want to go slow, right? You can release the handle just to uh, drop the, the weight of the mass of the thing on the floor, like it lowering the pallet off the pallet jack kind of thing, right? So it's really not that bad, but the first few times you just want to go slow is what I'm saying, okay? And you don't need to drill any holes in the floor, right? And you don't need to suffer the indignity of your garage being permanently occupied by posts that are diner bolted in or this massive four-point, four-post structure that is just there, okay? So it is really useful and hypothetically you could just use it outside too. There are photos online of these things being used outside on level concrete slabs. Not compatible with the slope though, okay? So let's be reasonable about it. Now, in terms of the dimensions, it's 2.6 metres high. So you need ceiling clearance. If you want to use it inside, you need 2.6 minimum just to get the thing into your shed, all right? So that's going to be a problem for some people. But hey, if you want a hoist and you've only got 2.1, how high can you actually jack the car in any case before the roof hits the ceiling of your garage, the roof of the car I'm talking about, obviously. Now, the lift height, okay, the collapsed, it's 100 off the ground, which is the minimum ADR ground clearance. And it comes with these ramps that you can detach on the near side, like near to the column, so you can drive over it. So that's pretty well thought out. Although if you're talking about working on a race car, you're going to have to rig something up if the clearance is less than 100, because... That's how high the thing sits. But you could have it in your shed and you could just, if your shed is your garage, then you could just have it to the side. You could drive over it in a convention, most conventional cars or also, you know, four-wheel drives, SUVs, utes, whatever. They're going to be a piece of piss, right? So that's pretty interesting. And it goes up to 1760. So that's nearly 1.8, let's call it, all right? And uh, it comes with risers. So the rubber pads 
it can be a bit of a head fuck the first time you do this, right? Because you need to be aware of the, topo the topography underneath your car, where the lifting points are. And then you need to muck around with the position of this thing and the arms that both uh, pivot and extend to get to those lift pads. And then you wind up the Acme threads on the rubber pads. And if you need more clearance than that, it comes with risers. There's actually three sets of risers, 50, 100, 150, okay? And that can be really useful if you've got a SUV kind of vehicle and also if you want a bit of extra clearance between the transverse arm and things that you might want to work on like tail shafts or if you want to replace an exhaust system, the risers just give you a little bit of extra clearance. comes with them, so that's nice. And it's surprisingly stable, right? I got the Triton up there and I rocked it backwards and forwards a little bit and I also rocked it in yaw. And I think if you were really leaning on it with a big heavy breaker bar, it might move a little bit. But the movement is all kind of elastic. It's not that real precarious Cirque du Soleil movement that the cold sweats and hospital visits are made of, okay? So it's not that. But you can also buy those Acme threaded uh, support stands for either end if you're going to be doing any heavy work. But let's face it, most heavy work that you would do on a car these days is going to be done by rattle gun, in which case you're not going to be imposing that big breaker bar style rocking torque on any of the big suspension bolts or things of that nature, right? So it's also TUV and Australian certified. Right, And I had the Triton up there, which must be the way I had it loaded that day. It must be 2.1, so pretty close to the max capacity. And I had it right up there on the maximum height, which, frankly, you wouldn't be able to do in most garages, even garages with above-average ceiling clearances because of the proximity of the roof of the car to the ceiling of the garage, which is going to limit many users in terms of the, the height. What I'm suggesting is that you won't be able to max out the lift capacity in many garages because of the ceiling height and the height of the roof and the fact that you don't want the two to come together ever. So there's that. It's also got, because of the certification and the way these things work and the standards for working under heavy things that are really just sociopathically wanting to kill you. Like every other machine in your shed, it just wants to kill you. You put a big mass up on whatever, it wants to kill you. You have to have countermeasures and TUV certification and Australian certification are kind of the countermeasures against that. When you lift it up, it takes 53 seconds to get from the bottom to the top of its travel. And you can hear clicking every time because there are cutouts in the column and safety poles that lock into those cutouts so that if there's a complete failure of the hydraulic system or the electrical system, the thing can't collapse because it's mechanically locked in place, right? So that's kind of reassuring. And all up, I just think it's a really well sorted out, highly stable, cool sort of fantasy shed purchase, right? I tried it in your and pitch, like rocking the Triton, Pitching is like this, nose to tail, right? Yawing is that twisting sort of motion. They're the two primary sorts of motions that working underneath the car would impart on the thing, and it felt pretty stable to me. So that was reassuring. I haven't tried it with the support stand at either end, but they can only make it better. So, you know, without them, it's okay. You don't need an electrician because it's powered, it's plug-in in a... And it's 240 volts, 10 amps. It doesn't come with oil. You need hydraulic oil 
you just buy a drum of it, tip it into the reservoir, Bob's your mother's brother, good to go, right? You just plug it into any GPO and it just works. And the portability is such a cool thing because even if you're a mechanic and you've got one or two hoists and a couple of other work bays, sometimes you might need another hoist, right? And you just wheel one out from the corner. That's kind of reassuring. And then it can go away when you just need flat sort of space like sometimes some of these jobs don't need the full-on hoist do they you can just get the car up to this sort of height so that you can whip the wheels off and rotate the tires kind of thing you know so very useful for that it's got um, the ramps on the near side of the column are detachable as well if you need them for access to the lift point they just bolt off right and the whole thing is really well made like it's built in china and i know people have this negative viewpoint about chinese manufacturing but every second thing that's on sale in australia is made in china and my impression of it is the chinese have the capacity to do any kind of manufacturing from super high quality ultra clean room whatever to super low quality and in the context of hoists this thing is well put together like it's very well finished off it's got socket head cap screws holding it together and the laser i think it's laser cut and the laser finish like it's straight off the gun the laser cut finish on all of the uh, cut surfaces is really nice like if you know anything about fabrication and engineering you look at it and you go yeah a lot of thought went into that kind of thing and it takes up a surprisingly small footprint on the ground right so I've got the dimensions here somewhere let me just see if I can't whip them out for you yeah the floor real estate it takes up nearly 2.6 meters from the outside of the column to the far end this is like in the transverse car width direction okay so 2.6 meters there and it takes up uh, nearly 1,400 front to back, longitudinally, in other words. So that's the size of the plan platform on the garage that you need. It's actually 2580 wide in the transverse direction and 1385 long. That's with the arms folded and the extendable ramps with the rubber pads on them pushed right in. Okay, So that's the space you need just to store it. But hypothetically it'd just wheel into the corner and wait until the next time you wanted the car off the ground and i just think that's a a really neat way of getting the versatility of a hoist without all the inconvenience of having it take up all that space in what might be a fairly small shed slash workshop arrangement for you a hoist is dead easy to fantasize about especially a super space efficient single poster like this one but then there is the reality of how often you're going to use it and can you justify the expenditure and this is a bridge that only you can cross dude like a quality trolley jack some jack stands maybe a couple of ramps that really does expand the work envelope on the home front doesn't it you can do a lot of things with just that equipment but i'd have to say fantasy hoist literally pun intended next level because if you want to start changing transmissions and changing exhausts and changing springs and doing all manner of this and that underneath a car then this sort of thing really does make all the difference imaginable so there's that to weigh up but i guess the other question you've really got to ask yourself is how am i going to balance the books because there is a whole set 
of cohabitation accounts. Is there not? Like, if you live with that special somebody and you opine that you might be thinking about a hoist, the question you really should be asking yourself before you even kick this discussion off is, how many designer handbags is that going to cost me? And having been down this road once or twice, let me just tell you that I think the answer is three. That'll get you back in the black on the relationship front. And you don't have to understand the handbag thing any more than she has to understand the hoist thing. She'll have some friggin' Lady Dior handbag and, dude, you'll have a hoist.